I am Citizen 44. Hey everybody, Mark Ehrensberg here. Welcome to Citizen 44. Uh, This is my podcast. This is the second show. And uh, I think the interweb is amazing with a capital zing. I can't believe how much I can do sitting here in my underwear wearing my slippers. I could buy cool shit and create shit and make shit and do shit. This is definitely a window of opportunity for some serious expansion. And I'm stoked about that. I mean, I'm sad that we are kind of fumbling along and doing dumb things to ourselves, but so be it. It is what it is, when it is, while it is, till it isn't. I'm just going to do this and have a good time. And I hope that I can help you have a good time because that's it for me. I just want us to have a good time. And so that's why I like this music. This track kicks ass. It's super cool. And speaking of this track, my dear friend, David Gelfand, who's probably one of the most musically talented people I know, offered to create a unique piece of music for my show. Well, that night I was inspired and started listening to tracks online. And so I heard this thing and I really liked it. So I downloaded it. I I came up with this vocal track for I Am Citizen 44. You know, I was having fun, man. This is being a kid. This is what all our kids should be doing is like stuff like this. Teach them how to be people, great people, wonderful, thoughtful, reasonable, intelligent people, and then give them all this stuff. Give it all to them. Let them just do this. After middle school, be done with teaching them how to be people, and then open the world. Let them travel. Let them do it all. Anywhere, everywhere. No ridiculous rules and regulations that prohibit us from doing what we should be doing, which is why we are suffering. So David offers me this brilliant gift, and I fucking squander it because I want to get something done now. Take your music and get the fuck off my podcast. So I said, fuck it. I made this thing from the first track with my intro, and I dug it, and I sent it to him. So I I decided that I want to explore some more music. Maybe this is an inexpensive way for me to experiment and match up the music to the person I'm chatting with after I chat with them. Literally $30 for three tracks with licenses, unlimited use, done. Anyway, called uh, my children's mother today on the phone and we're having some difficulty with my son. He and I had this explosive event last week and uh, it literally was that primal caveman fight, flight, or freeze, and I fought with my son. It was crazy, man. It was fucking nuts. I was everything that I despised the most. That was me. This is like the third time I was asked to sort of do an extraction from my ex's house to get him out, based on him not believing that it was actually his mother who wanted him out, and it was not me. And uh, he's not buying into that, uh, so I've had to come get him out and this was the third time and uh it came to some pushing and shoving and him finally saying i'm gonna punch you in the fucking face six foot 230 pounds 13 pissed and uh scared and rightfully so it was really horrible his sister has been home she's not going to high school for the rest of the semester because she's missed so much she's gotten so far behind she's so stressed out that the school's kind of just told her yeah don't come back 
and uh, it's a blessing. She's being gifted. Fuck school, really, honestly. I'm sorry, but we need to teach people how to think, not what to think. The amygdala. It is literally the shape of an almond buried deep in our brain. And it is theoretically possible that it can be completely disabled. I'm going to imagine that that piece of our brain will disappear and other parts of our brain will grow. And maybe this is where new consciousness arises through that elimination of that aspect of our consciousness. Because if you don't use it, like my mom says, you lose it. So maybe that's the idea is stop using it so you can lose it. And if we lose it, we gain something else. It got us away from the saber-toothed tiger. It did the things that has kept us alive to this point. I'm giving this to you directly. I don't have to think about what is coming to me because it is not me. I am a speaker. I am a couple of wires hooked up to a cone that is delivering a message to you electronically. And I know there's something else happening. It's only because I've tuned into it. It's a frequency. If I can tune into this frequency, anybody can. I'm a fucking idiot, remember? Question is, what do I have to do to convince you that there is a frequency that I'm on that is attainable by anybody, and it's a matter of doing a little bit of work? This is the domino effect of evolution, but it does require some cooperation, and it's not this highfalutin, metaphysical, spiritual, religious, even scientific shit. We should all know Alan Watts. We should all know Aldous Huxley. We should all know Leo Tolstoy. We need to be given the download directly by those who have been downloaded too, like me, which is why I do this. I can't have this all to myself. I need to share it with you. I love you, David Gelfand. Mandy Valencia is in the house. I am Mark Ehrensberg, Citizen 44. Can I curse? Can you curse? Yes, of course you can curse. It's hard for me not to. I understand. Well, I feel the same way. And so I was going to do the KSKQ thing with Holly. And she was super stoked to have me do something like this on the radio. Yeah. And I thought about it and thought about it. And I want to say what I want to say when yeah. I want to say it. Yes. No, this no. is public radio. I don't want to bleep my show. Oh, wait, is it? Yeah, I was going to say, I guess you could do that. but. but and then yeah. it's just all that fun that is associated with swearing and what I say is is being eliminated so so that's why I'm doing this because I can do this in my apartment at and, your at my convenience exactly and <laughs> yes and because it's not live I just hold my dad on the phone he said so when does your show air on the radio he didn't know what a podcast was so yeah I explained that to him and then he said, so when can I listen to your show? I can be the first one to Whenever listen to it when want. I'm done. I, yeah. just, I just have to edit it, and, and then it's a show. Yay. So how do we know each other? You were with the, with Robbie in his band. What was that called? The Bef- Stamps. Yes, The Stamps. Yeah. And that's when I first met you. And but how? And what? And what? Oh, because I was doing the Tidings Cafe. Because I was doing That a, was the first time we met? A music spotlight on that band. Mm-hmm. And then I also did other bands you were in. Yeah, but I noticed you around town and how cute you were. So. <laughs> I was stoked that somehow <laughs> serendipitously we ended up. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I felt that way too when I got to interview you other times in other bands that you were in because oh, mm-hmm. I was really like, yeah, this is my buddy right here because I always have a soft spot for drummers, anyways. Yeah. But. So, okay, so we met up in Robbie's office. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about when we did the Weird Al interview. Oh, my God. Wasn't that That's, awesome? That was stupid surreal. I actually, the whole thing was odd <laughs> for me. 
it was odd for me too. It was so cool. I mean, I never get to do that either with uh, how did celebrities. You, how did you end up with that interview? I just asked for it. I always Who did ask. You ask. I always ask. Um, their manager or their, um, you know. Their Why contact. don't you tell these people what you did at that time that would enable you to have an interview of that caliber? Oh, being a reporter. Well, my actual title was um, web producer. Who did you work for Web at the time? Content producer, the Mail Tribune. Oh right, yeah. newspaper people. Yes, and the Daily Tidings. Yeah. So they're two separate newspapers owned by the same companies. For the Mail Tribune, I did a lot more crime reporting, but for the Daily Tidings, I did a bunch of art and music I covered. Tell me about the crime. What was that? Oh, why crime reporting for one and arts and culture? Because no, well, nobody really wants to do it, and you know. yeah, you have to listen to the scanner, and you way different from writing about a band where it's like fun, and I'm like, hey, you guys want to hang out? Let me interview. And right. Were you reporting during? Uh, David Grubbs yeah did you report on that yeah not as it happened but I did report on and did video and interviewed the chief of police in Ashland when they issued that search warrant at person of interest's grandparents house and talent and that was like two years after the murder I did that follow-up one I just wasn't working the night of David Grubbs like I was involved when everything was happening was like totally knew everything that was going on but I didn't actually report on it right when it was happening oh my fucking birthday oh are you kidding me really i was in la i think i i i saw it on facebook or something i don't recall how oh you weren't even in town no and uh it fucking destroyed me i couldn't stop crying for like an hour wow so not even being here it had that much of an effect oh yeah yeah it was that's really surprising yeah, I don't, yeah, well, you know, I'm a fairly empathetic human being. It's shocking. It, it was, was shocking. Come on, this is Ashland, man. I mean, things do happen. We're still part of the world. But, of course. But that was really but that was theatrical. Really that was, listen, this is the yeah. town of Shakespeare, man. Yes. That was a fucking Shakespeare-type murder With that happened. sword right, or a machete. Yeah, that was awful. And you know what? I've talked to David Grubb's mom a lot. She's a super, super sweet lady. That happening to their family completely shattered their family. Well, it's very I, devastating. Well, of and. Course. They moved here from the Bay Area to raise their kids in a safer place. So that's what I was just like, oh, it just kills me. I like it can really suck. And have that, you know, I mean, that's, everyone, a lot of people move here because of that. Of course. But it's well, just. Well, and what are the chances that something so incredibly unimaginable. In, unimaginable. In such a style. Rare. Yeah. I'm, I took my son out looking for the weapon. I have a picture of what the weapon may be. Oh, really? Through... A lady that turned it into the police. Really? No, they found a weapon. I mean, it showed up where they were searching, like a week later after they completed their search. Remember I was telling our reporter about the search of talent? Yeah. Where they were diving in the pond, and they had metal detectors. They searched this entire property. She lived right behind that. Oh. And a week later, the creek flooded, and it washed a bunch of debris onto her um, property. Yeah. And this rusty, filthy, handmade axe type of thing washed up into her yard and creeped her out yeah. especially she, since the cops were just well, there she looking as, she obviously associated that immediately with well, yeah they of were just, yeah. i mean okay if the cops have a hundred people with dogs and metal detectors and divers right 500 feet from your house right and then you find this right. creepy murder weapon right where they were i mean come on that's what they were looking for right and they uh, just didn't find it but yeah. she did Right after this happened, uh, they posted a reward flyer. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you about that? No, tell me about it. They posted a reward for $1,000 for information leading to the capture of David Grubb's murder. I went to the mayor's office immediately okay. following 
when I saw this poster, yeah, I said, are you kidding me? $1,000, that's all this kid's life is worth? And to find out what happened? Well, within a few days, it was $21,000. I remember that. I remember them changing that, too. I no, I was outraged. Yeah, I wonder what that's about. But I don't think it was a family that only put up $1,000 for information about their son's I know, that murder. doesn't seem right either. No, of course not. Hmm. No, it was the city. And hmm. so that's why I went to his office directly. And it was nice of him to accommodate me and see me. Stromberg, was he the mayor yeah. then? Yeah. yeah. And, He's uh, a good guy. Yeah, he, he seems to be a very nice man. And obviously he listened to me and he did yeah, something about listen. it. Yeah, he'll listen. Yeah. Anyway, you've been in Ashland how long? <sighs> I lived here for eight years. Now I live in Medford, but I work in Ashland. Okay. What are you doing now? I work for Blackstone Audio. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what are you doing for them? I work for the VP of Sales, and mostly I deal with all of our digital retail accounts. Okay. So digital streaming of all of our audiobooks to Amazon and iTunes and Google Play, Nook, which is through Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. like all the biggies and all the little guys. And I also work with all of our eBooks, doing basically the same thing. So are they producing their own projects? Yeah, they just started doing print and ebook last year. Oh, cool. So nobody really knows what they're doing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we're trying. I mean, we're figuring it out, but it's They've been around for a while, it's though. It's not world. like they're a brand new company, so. No, but uh, print is just a, like, you know, I know, a different world when you're used to doing audiobooks. Right. So it sounds like there's a resurgence of people doing print. Print is print. up. I don't do audiobooks, very little. I never did either until I had a kid. <laughs> oh, no, no, I understand that. And now I don't really have time to read, but I love them now because otherwise I really wasn't reading it. I just didn't have the time. I'm like exhausted. You can literally breastfeed and listen to a Well, book. yeah, or yeah. in the car, yeah. or um, I have this really cool wireless speaker that my fiance got me for my birthday that's mm-hmm. so rad. So I can take that anywhere and it just Bluetooth, you know, streams right. on my phone. So I have it in the kitchen while I'm like doing dishes Perfect. and cooking. And I love technology. Come I'm on. literally reading a book while I'm doing meal preps and cooking for my family and cleaning the kitchen and I enjoy that stuff and I also right. enjoy reading. Yeah, I never listened to audiobooks before that either. I listened to Conversations with God. Did Blackstone do that one? Um, I wonder. Seems like they would. Maybe not. Though. Maybe. Yeah. Neil Donna Walsh. Yes. Him. yes. Uh, that book changed everything about how I see everything. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. And his son works at uh, Mix and I... Oh, for real? Yeah, nice. And I, I dated his daughter once. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really weird, too. You know, there's a lot of serendipity in my life. I think there's a lot of serendipity in all of our lives. It's just a matter of, are you aware of it? it. That's right. Everything's a matter of awareness. Absolutely. So, when I was living in San Francisco, and I'm getting off track a little bit, but we'll come back to you. Now we're on me. I know you don't give a shit. (laughs) You're in control. You're captain of the podcast ship. So, that's funny. (laughs) Uh, I'm reading his book, and I get in about 30 pages. I'm living in San Francisco couple years before I, I moved here and first 30 pages there was the thing about gratitude and it just it fucking rang my bell like hardcore and I'm talking to my dad on the phone saying oh my god I'm reading this book and super powerful and all of a sudden my dad started talking to me for the first time that he has some spirituality and oh. really started kind of divulging coming a little vulnerable on the phone with me maybe wow. for the first time in a way I had not experienced him which was fucking cool yeah and i hung up with him and i was inspired to sweep my kitchen so i went in the kitchen started sweeping and i started saying thank you and i said it over and over until i was in this trance like out of body experience pounding on the fucking kitchen floor i was pounding my fist on the floor saying thank you 
drenched in tears. I was someplace else. So anyway, I went through this, and then I stood up and kind of shook myself off, and, and it's like, what the fuck was that? And then I thought, ah, I need a distraction. It's kind of a weird response. So I went to Blockbuster back when you could rent videos. <laughs> and uh, I got my VW Jetta, and I went to Blockbuster, and I don't remember what movie I got. I have no idea. I got back out to the car, and I turned on my radio, and it said, you're welcome, like, 15 times. Shut up. No. From that day forward, I literally, I drove down the street and I saw lumber spelled out that said, I love you. Wow. And the whole world opened up to me. Wow. That was it. That was the defining moment that completely changed my perception of how I fit into this whole thing. And and I moved to the town unknowingly where the guy fucking lives that wrote the book. Yep. And date his daughter and... Absorbed right up into it. Yeah. Synchronicity. No doubt. Yeah. And all I had to do was become aware of something, which was really become aware of myself. And it's just, the path just opens up before you. You don't have to do anything. I didn't have to do anything except yeah. be available. Yeah. Yeah. Except, yeah, open your eyes. And that's yeah. the 44. When I was with Albertico, when I had our little design studio on uh, Mistletoe, he shot... He's a, he's a super funny, sweet cat that lived here forever. And I think he interviewed when Andrew Gower and I had a, a design studio on the second floor below Hong Kong Bar back oh, in the okay. day. I so, like thinking of it as just one name, Albertico. Well, the kids and I made up a song. So every time they'd see him, they'd go, Albertico, Albert, Albertico. <laughs> yes, that's Albertico, a great Albertico, name. Albertico, Albertico. <laughs> And it always made him smile. Anyway, he's got a tattoo of a 44 on his arm. Okay. And then he showed me a picture of himself when he was like two at the beach in Florida with a 44 on his shorts. Oh. Since that day that he showed me his 44s, uh -huh. they have not stopped hitting me in the face. Oh, you see 44 everywhere? Everywhere, every day. In last week's show, I, I talked a little bit about Suzanne, who did this documentary called Bagot, which is... Did you watch it? About plastic abuse all over the world. Oh, I don't think I've seen that particular one. Yeah, but you need to I've, see that. I do. Yeah. Anyway, of uh, drinking a cup of coffee, knowing that that shit's going right in the ocean. Oh, I hate, once you know that, you can't unknow So this it. movie I is all about that. informing you on every level yeah. of how fucking irresponsible you've been. And now that you know, <laughs> yeah. now what are you going to do? Now what accountability are you going to have for your actions? So it, it shook me up. Anyway, so in, in the show last week, I talk about pulling out of parking lot where Henry's laundromat is after I did my laundry, and there's a little 12-ounce coffee cup rolling around in front of my car with a lid on it, kind of taunting me, going, here I am, what are you going to do? So I fucking ran it over and left it there, like oh. an idiot, instead of getting out of the car and picking it up like I should have done. Yeah. Two days ago, I go for a walk. It's spectacular outside. I take a loop now all the way from my apartment all the way down valley view around the backside of eagle mill and back here oh that's my, my. Loop. feels great yeah that's such a good walk a anyway so the universe always gives us many opportunities to yeah. re-examine and decide if we're going to do something about something so i'm walking down the street and there it is this shiny coca-cola can just staring me in the face going ah, are you gonna pick me up fucker so I, of course, I'm smiling and I, you know, because I now, I recognize, I can appreciate what I'm being communicated with, with no words whatsoever. Mm. So of course I picked up the can and then I look over to the right and there's a coffee cup. 
Nah. I pick up the coffee cup. And I say, I'm not picking trash up all fucking day off the street, but I'll do this right now because I need to make up for the fact that I didn't do this go. last week. There you go. And I actually used to walk through this town when I first got here, and I used to pick up trash. I've done that in my neighborhood because yeah. I was taking walks, and, I, and then I was seeing trash everywhere, and then I was very bothered by it. How can people think it's okay just to throw their shit on the ground? Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? Well, I know in some states it's like not even against the law to throw your garbage out the window. Have you been to Oklahoma or Arkansas before? Uh, no, they don't let people like <laughs> they don't like Jews like me hanging out in those states. yeah let me yeah. tell you about litter yeah Walmart bags all stuck in the trees all over the trees so stuck gross. all in the whatever trees because that's the home of Walmart oh interesting that's where they're from wow. Bentonville Arkansas that's where they're headquartered what and a... they've wiped out any competition it's all Walmart there's no mom there. and pop there's nothing uh. and yeah and so to see all the Walmart bags in the like bizarre trees that grow in Walmart wow yeah. these that's Walmart so trees disgusting <laughs> So, so you picked it up. So I picked up all that stuff, and then trash did not show itself to me pretty much for the rest of the walk. Oh, thank God. No, and I, I, I made a joke out of it. <laughs> thank like, goddamn trash. I said, you know what? I'd like to just walk and not have to keep <laughs> I know. Trash. It's so upsetting. Well, Medford's really bad, too. I can't even imagine. I live by North Medford High School. So my parents live behind Crater, so I'm really familiar. Like, when you live by a high school, it's just different. Like, you, there's kids hanging around. They really leave their trash everywhere. Yeah. Because they are so self-centered. about... You know, social responsibility and all. Yeah, they do. They know about it. Yeah, they're just teenagers. I know. You know, yeah. Yeah, right. but that doesn't... I know, but... <laughs> they're gonna... You know, but the no, world isn't gonna be all right. No, I know. Well, they're figuring that one out, yeah. By the way, there's no such thing as throwing away. There is no away. You know, okay, so here's a little recycle story. I was in Colorado at my family reunion. Big family. I have seven uncles and an aunt. So it's a big family. And they weren't recycling anything. 50 people at my uncle's house having a big barbecue, drinking beers, cans, soda, right? Everything's going in the trash. They're just taking trash bag after trash bag. And I'm like, where's your recycling? Like, where's... You you don't recycle? Like, I almost like... (laughs) Me and Ryan, my fiance, were like, we almost had like a panic attack. What are you people doing? You don't recycle? Like, what? Why? Like, where do you think this goes? And I almost... I didn't yell at my grandma because she's like 94. (laughs) Well, you know, she's old and she just doesn't. But I want to be like, where do you think? Yeah, where do you think this goes? Like, where does it go? It just magics away. Like, that's the away. It's just away. It's just no, dude. It doesn't go anywhere. We're gonna be sitting on this shit for a thousand years. Like, but anyway, that's my recycle story. Yeah, but and. (laughs) But see, people aren't thinking about a thousand years. They're thinking about, you know what, I'm here now and I don't give a shit. And Yeah, and there's that's the root of the problem, isn't yeah. it? Yes. We need to be humbled. Is See, that's the thing. There needs yeah. to be a humbling well, event. Well, we're too comfortable. Well, that's it. That's why I'm saying we need to be humbled. Yeah, Something exactly. needs to, some catastrophic event needs to you drop know, us Another country's been digging knees. through all the trash and recycling it. Right. I went to Mexico to uh, preside over a wedding, my friend's wedding. Yeah. They invited me, paid for me to go to pretend I was a rabbi. All the people there thought I was like an ordained. Oh rabbi. my god! And and I meanwhile just, you're winking at all the cute girls. Well, and... you know. Hey. <laughs> I guess rabbis, rabbis do that. Like to fuck, by the way. <laughs> yeah, what am I thinking? I can't wait to get my friend the rabbi, and he's got eight kids, and those kids oh. are not adopted. Those people like to get it on. Well, you know, that's God's. Hey, procreate. Well, you know. <laughs> Fill her up. Why enter? Yeah, why enter? That's why we're here. God's will. Yes, indeed. Things fit in things for a reason. So anyway. Oh, you're in Mexico. I was in Mexico. Okay. (laughs) It actually wasn't that time that I was, and it was Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Oh, okay. Which I I love that place. I've been there three times. It's fantastic. But uh, 
during that, did I meet those people then? I met some people from Canada. Huh? And they invited me to come back and photograph their wedding. For their honeymoon, Paul and Vicky Larilla, they actually, they, they're Canadians. And he builds schools in impoverished oh. countries. And, and helps. He's a helper. He's a great guy. He's They're, a helper. Yeah. And so they got married, and uh, their honeymoon was going to this place called Children of the Dump. Oh, dear. It was a huge... <laughs> that doesn't sound uh, good. Well, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I was shocked by that name. I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, Children of the It's dump. pretty fucking horrible. Actually, it's a good title oh for a movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, it or is. Book. That's immediately I was or, thinking that. Yeah. Or a podcast. So, <laughs> Children of the so we go with all these church people oh, to this gigantic dump of garbage. Yeah. And the children and the families live at the base of this dump yep. of garbage. And they go up and fight with the vultures over oh. the fucking shit up there. And for every ton of plastic they collect, uh -huh. they get 12 U.S. dollars. Hey. Yeah, they're, they're living the high That's life. That's too bad. <laughs> I hey said, now. hey. Where's my condo? I want to live right there next to the Pepsi bottles. Uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Anyway, the kids were super sweet, and we played soccer with them and fed them, and I got to take really yeah. amazing Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. In some parts of the world, people are digging through the trash to do that. I know lots of countries do that. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. And here, we're just like, eh. Well, we're just making trash. Mm-hmm. We're not. Ugh, consumerism. Yeah. So you've been here eight years. I, I find it's interesting how people end up in Ashland, because I know everybody has a pretty interesting story. Yeah, but I'm from around here. Well, that's not very interesting. <laughs> Where were you born? Uh, Grants Pass. Oh, yeah, you're from around Yeah, here. I'm a local, but that also is um, unique. That you're local? Yeah, yeah. like everyone no, I, I talk to, are, you know, is like, yeah, they all want to, where are you from? Like, here. <laughs> and that they're like, oh. Uh, uh. And Grants <laughs> Pants. Grants Pants. Grants Pants. That's what they call Gramps Pants, right? Gramps Pants. Yeah. It's pretty sure. white, isn't it? Oh, very. Mm -hmm. And like like beyond white maybe a little bit. Yeah, they had a sign they had Jim Crow laws and a, and a sign up when my mom was a kid in the 60s. What did the sign say? Nigger, don't let the sun set on your back in this town. Holy shit, dude. Seriously? Yes. Yeah, you know this is, this is you know we live <laughs> Seriously. in this sweet little town. This I area I wonder is, if there's any pictures of it. There's of course be. there are. You know this is the home of the KKK pretty much. Well, yeah, I used to work at the Tidings, and we had uh, p newspapers up on the wall framed, some of them, and I would go through the archives a lot because I love history. And, and there was always, uh, there was in the classifieds or like in the announcements, they would always put in their KKK meeting announcements. Is that the original hoodie? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, just, I remember, maybe it was 10 years ago, weren't the KKK going to open an office in Phoenix? And, and there was a protest about it. Yeah, and do you know um, Nicole? Strike house. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she's the one that organized. She like found out about that and organized the whole rally and protest oh. against it, and I think scared him out of town. I, I mean, yeah, but I how did the municipality of Phoenix even think <laughs> that it was Dude. okay in two thousand whatever the fuck that was that they could just oh lease out a space to the KKK to run their business? Yeah, when most of the small cities around here, you know, are trying to pass ordinances and laws against having cannabis dispensaries. Right. But if you want to burn some crosses... Yeah, but if, you we'll know... supply the matches. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah it's totally. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But that's... 
how is this here? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's like when you know these racist things happen. Yes, they're terrible, but I just feel like yeah, that's how it is here. It is, yeah. But it, like, but that's the thing about being a transplant. When you come here from somewhere else and you have a lot of ideas about what this town is, Should be. And, yes, exactly. <laughs> You're kind of living in this, and and just like on the, just like all the time in these groups on Facebook, right? People are like, I can't believe it. Someone destroyed my mailbox. I thought this was a safe place to live. Like. No, no, it's, still it's Oregon. Uh, nowhere is the safe. Like no, that's this true. isn't. You can't run from. This is not Bhutan. crime. Yeah, yeah, you can't hide from it. So yeah. yeah, it's yeah. That's what it is. That's how it is here. You know, they just took the liquor license away from the armory because there was gunshots again associated with an event that happened there. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I picked a guy up in the cab, and as I was picking him up, I heard the gunfire. Oh really? Yeah, I actually heard gunfire out here the other night and called the cops. Heard it in the park? I've heard a lot. Like, yeah. What the fuck is up with the... That's pretty normal. It's becoming a little odd how normal that it is in this sweet little retirement village of Ashland that we got fucking gunfire, dude. This isn't South Central. This isn't LB21 Street. This is Ashland with the Shakespeare Festival and people with lots of fucking money and... Yeah, but yeah, it's it's both things. It's, it's the world. It can be it both things. Yeah, it is. It's everything. That's what is so hard for folks to conceptualize. And I have the same problem. And if I may bring it back to the Grubs thing, yes, what happened to that kid was so shocking and horrible and awful. But what was really shocking and profound too was how scared the entire town was. For months. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I talked to, I think his name is Lauren Rosano that used to own the wine cellar. Mm-hmm. And he owned it for, like, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he lived up above the park, and he would walk to Lithia Park on his way to work every day for, like, 30 years. And he told me, I've been doing this walk every day. And as soon as that Grubbs murder happened, he's like, for months and months, when I walk to the park, there's nobody. It's just quiet. Like, and there's nobody around. Like, everyone hid. Like, yeah. everyone just Literally. went away. Yeah. You, there was no one walking around at yeah. night. Yeah. And even I didn't do it either, because yeah. I'm like, I don't need my head chopped off. Shit. Well, well, when I was in the mayor's office requesting an increase in this monetary compensation for information, I was pitching him to put some lights in the pathway there. Yes, come on. Yes. And they, yeah, here's the... Here's the they op- won't do it. They yeah, did you know the why? bench, but yeah. they won't do the yeah. fucking lights. You know why they wouldn't do it? Why? Because the neighbors didn't want the illumination to affect their <gasps> oh. living space. Well, they could have come up with... They could have put them in the ground. Which actually, this just occurred to me. Instead oh, of putting up lampposts, yeah. they could have put just some little markers in the ground yeah. just to illuminate the It's only the a footpath. scary, dark place where someone's right. murdered. Let's put a bench well, you so know we what? can ponder. Well, and you know what they do here? They wait till, and this is the world th- thinking anyway, is yeah. we wait till there's an emergency or a catastrophe, and then we react instead of responding, knowing like, you know, they put those lights down on Siskiyou and the bumps because there's so much, you know, college traffic. We wait till someone gets hit by a fucking car. Yep. And then we go, you know what? We should probably do something about that. Yeah, and an employee of SOU did it. They struck the person? Yes. <gasps> oh, how... Which is horrible, and he resigned. But actually, the SOU is at fault for that because their employee struck one of their students. So did, were they sued? No, because the girls, she's Hispanic, and the girls' parents totally don't speak English at all. No and one so they came have to like, their fucking rescue either. No. Wow. And she was in the ICU for a week. Oh, baby. Before she died. Oh. I know. 
It's supposed to leave something for us to think about. I mean, they're yeah. the sacrificial lamb, man. Being well, the I lived Martha. on Garfield. She yeah. got hit on the on right there on oh, Garfield and Siskiyou. Okay. And I lived on Garfield, and I went to SOU, and right. I crossed that crosswalk like six times a day. That scared and the shit was, out of me. And when it that was happened. because of her that that all happened. Yes, right? it was, and probably so. You know, and they did do something about it, and those lights do help, and. I don't think anyone's been struck since then. So, you know, I lived at Hargadine and... Yeah, I love that place. And there's a stop sign right there, and there's, of course, tons of foot traffic. Yeah. I was noticing nobody was stopping. Oh. So I stuck a video camera out there for a couple hours. Yeah. And I videotaped cars rolling through. Uh Uh-huh. And I sent it to Stromberg. You oh yeah I did I go dude you got to fucking do something this is not you know you got to keep <laughs> old people from getting killed because it's it's, a, yes. it's bound to happen it's oh hey it if you're gonna kowtow to the tourists right. you better do a fucking good job so I videotaped this and I sped it up and behind it I put Alan Watts you know who Alan Watts was no Alan Watts was like this incredible philosopher funny English cat genius okay I know who you're talking about yeah he uh, another profound effect on my life being turned on his information i call him the ultimate myth buster he doesn't he used to consider himself an entertainer oh he was a fucking guru there's no doubt but he laughed at all that stupid shit and he died an alcoholic and loved to party but he knew knew the shit about everything man yeah anyway so i i made a little uh video so he could see the cars and i put that not knowing what did you yeah what was the alan wants you put just uh i think it was how to meditate I don't remember. <laughs> but it worked. It kind of worked. So I emailed it to Mayor Stromberg. Yeah. And he immediately responded to me. Nice. And he was connected to the Alan Watts stuff. He started talking to me when I saw him on the street one day about how much he loved Alan Watts. Hey. And was connected to him and his college experience, I believe, is what he said. And I think they've started doing things. I, in Photoshop, took a picture of the street. Mm-hmm. Made my own signs and markers. And <laughs> oh, you're so. I, I said, thorough. here, I'm doing it for you. <laughs> All you have to do is take what I do and do it for real. Well, hey, you know what? You're smart. You have to spoon feed these folks, yeah. right? Because they're not going to like really do anything of their own initiative unless you give them everything. Like, Why? These are the picture. people that are running the town. Because pe- they're lazy. Yeah, I, don't I know, know, but people, there should be those people with vision that are actually running the town. And can have that foresight to do the things. That's why they're in a position of doing, you would think. Okay, so yes, in theory. But that's just not what actually happens. What actually happens is everyone's too busy with their own lives to really care about the inner workings of the city. And so they're not paying attention to or caring who is doing this work. And they're just voting for whoever runs without really knowing who they are because they're just too busy and nobody knows. And so then you just have sort of, you know, semi-competent people in place because you be rich to be they're there just here, there. Uh, yeah, it's not much. I think it pays... What, no, no, no. You have to be a rich person already. Meaning most like, people... How do you, no, people in the position of mayor here typically are rich people. Well, yeah, they're retired the, the, and they have the, nothing else to do. Yeah, the DeBoer family, all these people. Yeah, have you seen John Strongford's house? No. It's nice. Where is it? On the very top, top of this ridge over here, huh. overlooking... Lookie he seems Park. very unassuming, though. He seems like a nice yeah, man. Yeah, but then I saw his house. I was but like, oh, fat, you, okay, right? I get it. They're not getting real Exactly. Yeah, citizens. that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah that's part of the problem. You yeah. really have an experience that's not living up on a fucking hill in a, in a million-dollar house. Yeah, and then Where's you the to... mayor that lives on Garfield Street who right? fucking lives in a, you know, a nice little house with his community? Then we will be on the right track of getting Ashland where people really want it to be and how people think it is. Well, you know, there's a meeting tomorrow night. 
yeah. a city meeting, um, a woman I know uh, is trying to rally uh, the citizens here to go to this meeting because I guess they're squandering money on their own salaries and things, and the, oh, the, the budget here is just off oh, the rails. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I've heard a little bit about this budget. So now they're kind of drawing eyes to this situation. and That's a good uh, idea. And I think the city is kind of like understanding and realizing, oh yeah, we really need to kind of pay attention to what we're doing. Because yeah. only because they got, it's only when you get caught. And this is why journalism is important. Yeah, exactly. Because when they're not being supervised, where they're not checks and balances right. in place, right. they just can't help themselves. Give them a mile. Yeah. They'll well, take a and thousand. so yeah. my best friend's mom was a state auditor and she would find people doing fraud all the time. And she said that if there's not a way, if there's not a check and balance way to ensure that people won't steal, people will always steal yeah. they just will i wish that you could trust everyone but you just can't if someone's gonna see the weakness see the opportunity and they're gonna take it that's just what they do and that's why you need watchdogs you know what they do but, in china what it's genius you know there's the perception of being watched that will keep you in check oh fuck yeah well that's what the, well watchdogs and that's well, the other part cameras up all well, over that's the not city the best way to do it well <laughs> no I say yes and no. Yeah, you can see it works, I'm sure, in well, some respects. It's, it's but... that inference of Big Brother. Yeah. But even if it's fake, look, if they said that they were putting cameras all over the street here, but they never, but they just put fake cameras everywhere, but people knew, this yeah. is the whole placebo effect. We put fake cameras on um, our neighbor's house that is empty and foreclosed. Yeah. Well, it's just not, it's not a neighbor, it's just an empty house next door yeah. to us. But tweakers were breaking into it and stuff, and it was scaring me because I'm home alone at night with a baby when, yeah. when Ryan was working his other job. And so we put fake cameras up there. And? Did it keep them out? Yeah, totally. And they're not real, but... <laughs> no, but this is psychology 101. Yeah, totally, but you... they're like, oh, you know. But And as much as... The crime in China has gone down considerably. You only got to make one or two examples anyway. I'm not talking about anything violent or horrible, but I'm just saying... No, yeah, people are like, oh, I know someone that got, you know, pulled hey, over for not using their blinker, so... That's right. But there's got to be something, uh, some kind of an accountability tool, maybe if it's not that specifically, but a way that people can at least second think, like think again. I talk about the think again principle. It's like when you're about to do something and you actually take another second to think about what the outcome could be of that, you might not do what you're about to do. Every time I describe the world in the way it could be, people go, oh, that's a that's utopia. I go, no, that's just the fucking world that we should have that you don't think we can have, which is why we don't have it. Have you been to Burning Man yet? Twice. Okay, good. I, that's how Burning Man is for me. Yeah. It's basically like everyone participating yeah. in this ideal, and we're all playing by the rules, which yes. is that we help each other out and we're kind right. to each other. And nobody fucks anybody over. That's right. And, and it works when everyone's doing it. It's amazing. It's like, oh, this is this really works when you get everybody consciously on board. The problem is we're more disconnected than we're connected. Well, I'll tell you the reason it works. It's something we're not doing in the world, and that is making sure everybody's fundamental needs are met. Ah, uh, there you go. It is the way we were intended to operate. Yes, yeah. Because then nobody is upset because nobody... I mean, people are still going to be upset about things. They're but you're, No, but, but it's like you're your, your, your needs are... Right, and... When your needs fundamental are needs are met, you are willing to give all of yourself because you're not afraid to not have. So now you can totally explore being a human being. You're free of these motives of like, I need to do this, and yes. I gotta get this. And, and then you don't need as much either because totally. you realize that your happiness is at this base level of good, clean water, healthy food, clean air, a roof over your head. You don't have to worry about 
medical things you're taken care of. Yep. You don't have to worry about the shit. You know, just like you don't have to think about your heart beating. You don't have to make yourself breathe. You don't have to make your blood move. You've assigned these roles so you can do all your other shit. Well, this is kind of what we need to do for each other is make sure these fundamental needs are met. And then we will be glad to do anything, actually. You know, automate all the stupid jobs we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And then let us just be creative monsters that we are. And I told my kids, I said, if we did these things... We'd be traveling 5 million miles an hour. But we're so stuck jerking off to video games and acting like 12-year-old boys. Anyway, all right. I have to ask about the 44. Yes. Do you Are you seeing 44 everywhere just because you're, that's your your friend's number that he sees everywhere and you're just like keyed into that? Oh, or no. do you think you're seeing 44 for like another reason? All right, I'll, I'll give you my explanation. By the way, on that walk, on the way back, I decided to go to Martoli's, which is right across the street out the window, uh, <laughs> to get a slice of pizza. As soon as I opened the door, I heard, 44. Oh, my God. Literally. I opened the door, and I heard, 44. And I just smile, of course. And I out, I outwardly, I say thank you. There you go. I have a relationship with whatever this is. Mm-hmm. And I let them know, and I say them because th- these are the unspeakable things. Yeah. Most of life is unspeakable. And I tr- we try and wrap some kind of uh, verbal theory or something around it. To make us comfortable. You know, that's why we're afraid of death and everything. We just label everything. Anyway, so I always acknowledge the fact that I'm paying attention. There you go. Because I think they appreciate knowing that I appreciate their appreciation. For sure. It's everywhere. Fucking 44 is everywhere for me. Literally everywhere. And even in Thailand, it was everywhere. It was in symbols that were Thai, that were not intended to be 44s, that would show up for me. On receipts. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Anyway... So I roll into Martoli's, and I hear the 44, I order two slices of pizza to go, I walk across the street, and there's these homeless kids on the corner with the sign that says, Dreaming of Pizza. So, of course, I just gave them the pizza. I don't fucking need the pizza. Um, I need to drop, like, 10 pounds myself. Is that you or me? It's my phone blowing up. That's a cool, well, let's see what it is. It's probably pictures of my son. Yep, from my daycare lady. Oh, let me yeah. see. Yeah, let's see. This is perfect for uh, non-visual entertainment. What's that dude's name? Triton. Triton. Where did that name come from? As uh, in Triton, like uh, yeah, Poseidon's uh, uh-huh. staff thing. Oh, he's pretty adorable. How old oh, is boy. he now? Two. God. She took a really cute picture of him earlier. There he is. Let's see. Little goof bug. Oh my god. And he cute. He's really cute. Well, look at you and look at your dude. Yeah. That's pretty adorable. We're good looking people, and we yeah. made a beautiful baby. You did nicely done. <laughs> Well, I was going to tell you that my friend, how did she get that number? I don't remember. But one of my best friends had another friend who committed suicide. And I forget, I think it was like the no, it was like the time that she, for she got a number from her somehow. It might have been her time of death or something. I don't remember the last time she heard from her. But that time, and I think it's like 10.02 or something uh-huh. like that. It's just something random. She sees it everywhere. By it's the way, there's everywhere. Nothing is random. Right. So, I mean, you're like the second person to tell me of like having an experience like that. And she feels like it's her friend communicating with her. I call it the wink from the universe. Well, I do. There you I, go. I, I, and it's like this sweet reminder. Yeah. And, but it's all kinds of shit. Meaning, okay, here's an example. Maybe like five years ago, I was going to deliver a, a CD of images, some graphic design I did to a client. And I. I pull out of my apartment, and I'm going down Siskiyou, heading uh, south. And all of a sudden, I turn on the, the stereo, and it says, 
turn around, na 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 and I realize I did I went the wrong way. Oh. So these are things that happen to me all the fucking time. Did you ever see Interstellar? I did. I wasn't, wasn't into it. Oh, no, really? Uh, where was I? I was in uh, the Bay Area and saw it with some friends. I think I might have... I just was not in it's the right f- state of mind. Yeah, it's really long and there's a lot going on. I highly recommend you revisit it because it has a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't even recall See, the so serendipity if you don't remember of that. that then, no. Yeah, you got to watch that again. The initial reason for Citizen 44 was the title of a book I was writing with a friend of mine, kind of like a metaphysical sci-fi thriller Ooh. called Citizen 44 about a taxi cab driver yeah. in a small town where people start disappearing. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Well, this is the other thing I was going to tell you about driving a cab is that you're in it. I'm you're in, in the it, streets. Dude. You know yeah. what's going on. Especially like, between 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. Uh, I know what the fuck is going on. I miss that. I mean, I still know a lot of stuff's going on, but... I love pretty much everything about my job. But it's really cool. It's a really great job. Yes. There's just so many levels of what I get from that job. It's kind of ridiculous. can be dangerous, though. Do you ever feel no, in danger? No, not once. Okay, Never that's once. Good. Nope. That's good. The only time I had to get help was I had uh, driven a bunch of young people up to Hyatt Lake. Uh It was like a $100 run. Nice. And when I was driving at that time, I was driving that uh, Passat TDI. Okay. It's a fucking little race car, man. Yeah. Handled great. Yeah. So I I was doing, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour all the way up. Yeah. And they were loving it, man. They were all fucked up and drunk. Yeah. They were like, woo! We trust you, man! Let's get there. Fucking, you know, sliding out of corners. Oh, my God. I get them to their destination. They pay me. Everybody gets out of the car, and the back door is still open. And I'm getting ready to leave, and this guy just gets back in the car and lays down in the back. Oh. And shuts the door. All right, well, you're fucking coming back down the hill with me. I'm, I not, mean, I'm not getting you out. He's a big guy. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not touching you. Yeah, right. No. I'm not touching no. you. No, no. So the cops come. And actually, this is praise for the police. Yeah, they know how they deal with that. They so. were so nice. This is a teachable thing, you know. Oh, I agree, because I didn't, like, no, you know. Neither did I. I was a fucking I lo- idiot for I 40 years. I learned it. Yeah, I learned it. took it. me 40 years to become aware. Which yeah. is why I came up with that line, if you're going to be alive, you might as well be awake. So I love that. People just don't know. And this is where compassion and empathy comes in is like I feel sorry for that's why I love everybody I don't like everybody but I love everybody because they're all me we're all us yeah for sure and what you don't know can hurt you and ignorance is not bliss it's fucking terrible and debilitating and uh yeah that's true and so most people are just walking around just don't know how brilliant their life could be totally they just don't know and so I feel I feel sad for them And I have to be what I'm doing at a super high level because I want people to see that it's possible. I'm just another fucking idiot. And you can't like tell people what to do, but just by living it and people will notice, you know, and the people around you that are interacting with you, like they they start to, they're like, what's, you know, what's going on with that person? And, and they just, they they start to sort of figure it out a little bit too. And it might rub off. Yeah, of course. Well, we've put ourselves in a position to be with people. Yeah. You as a journalist, Mm -hmm. uh, me as a taxi driver, Mm -hmm. uh, where I have somebody's attention, it may only be five minutes, but there's definitely something that happens in that cab in that five minutes that when they get out of that cab, most people are not the same people that when they got in that cab. Yeah, And it's been pretty profound, especially two summers ago when I first started. Yeah. It's people just come into the cab and they drop down like they're in a therapy session immediately. There's something about that environment whether they sit in the front or the back, it doesn't matter. But I would say about 80% of my customers that got in that taxi 
felt differently when they exited the tax. It's you. Well, it's I know your it vibe. Is. No, I yeah. realize that. Because I have that same effect with people. <clears throat> yeah, I know. As a journalist, and I'd have to be like, I'm a reporter, and they're they're telling me this. Like yeah. they're just they're just spilling they're their dumping. guts to yeah. me and yeah. talking to me like I'm their best friend. Yeah. But it's 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 and they, and I noticed people were not doing that with other reporters. That's right. So I was like, oh, it's totally me. you. Of course it is. Yeah, well, and, and there know, there's something about us that, you know, they're in a safe place for us to receive it. No doubt. You can tell me anything. Yeah, anything. <laughs> you can yeah, tell me anything. fucking tell me some crazy shit. Right? Yeah, I'm sure they do. But what's cool is I can, with whatever experience I have, I've been able to help people quickly yeah. re-examine from a different perspective what it is they're talking about and have instant wisdom around their problem and are so appreciative. You know, I make my tip money in the taxi. A lot of that is based on advice I give people. Oh, that's cool. Well, and that's really kind of the whole thing behind a tip because anybody can drive a car or whatever, but totally. it's, it's your showing your gratitude and appreciation for, you know, your interaction with right. them. You know, my fiance is a masseuse and it's the same thing. You know, he gets tipped, but he also, he's helping people and then he's listening to where they're in pain and he'll tell them, you know, to adjust their posture, to do certain stretches. And he's a body healer. He's really is invested in helping them. That's sure. what the whole point of it sure. is to give them some relief and some healing and so you know the better they tip him like that's an appreciation gesture of yeah they can get it you can get a massage anywhere but right. to have someone that's like a body expert and a healer give you advice and help you right that's really valuable you know well and the, and the taxi job to me is exactly that you're like that for their psyche you know? i get this is the only job i've ever had where i receive massive appreciation every fucking day i'm in that guy guy gave me a hundred dollar bill last night Wow. I drove him like three blocks. He had me come pick him up at the boat club. He said, come in, I'll buy you a couple Shirley Temples. So <laughs> so I went and had a couple Shirley Temples and uh, and took him literally three blocks. And when we got in the car, he said, here, I want to give you. And he gave me a $100 bill. And I said, that's ridiculous. I'm going to take you fucking three blocks. You just bought me two Shirley Temples. We're good. <laughs> And I, I give a lot of free rides, by the way. Yes, last night I picked, I know you did when you were here before. Well, maybe that's interesting. I, maybe that's what happened last night. I got a call from Joe to pick up uh, a young lady at Safeway and take her over to Blackberry Lane. And he said, he gave a phone number, he said, the mother is going to pay for it with a credit card on the phone. I go, oh, what a pain in the ass. I'm just going to give him a fucking free ride. Anyway. I don't want to deal. No, that's, no, that's not, that's me being, no, I don't want to, I don't want to deal I know, with it. but you're anyway, using that incentive. No, like a really, you know. No, 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 she gave me the real incentive. She left her wallet on the bus. Uh, that's why her mother was going to pay all her credit cards, her rent money, her ID. Oh no! She cried in the car. Oh no! And of course, I. There's no Heck fucking yeah. way. I could take oh, then that's money. There you go. Easy. Yeah. So even easier. I didn't even have to deal with calling her mom and get the credit card or whatever. It's like the universe gave me an excuse to like get out of it without being a selfish prick, essentially. Yeah. Of just not wanting to do the extra five minutes of phone bullshit. That's not being selfish. It's just no, no. I just didn't want to deal with it. But I know. I mean, I felt really bad for her, of course. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe. Because I do, as I recognize, I do get payback like crazy. And I give like crazy. You're even I, Steven. I am. You know that's a Seinfeld episode, <laughs> I right? know it. Of course, course you do. <laughs> do you You're remember the scene? Steven. Remember the scene? Yeah, of course. goes, throws money right. the window. Okay, so the scene is uh, something, something, something. And Elaine says, give me $20. <laughs> just give me $20. She takes the $20, she crumbles it up and throws it out the window. He goes, well, what the hell did you do that for? He goes, I just want to see if you get it back. He goes, you could have asked me for a pencil. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then you hear the buzzer, it's George. George comes in, I found $20 on the street! 
you know. Is that, that how did he find it? It was in a jacket pocket or something. I thought. I yes, know. and then as they were getting ready to go, oh, Jerry yeah. puts on a jacket. Oh, he, that's what it he is. Puts it, yeah. He goes, and she goes, oh, God, or something. I don't remember what the fucking line was. Yes, that is, though. But that's how it works when you look yes. for it, when you're seeing it, when you recognize it. Well, that's the thing. Actually, Seinfeld was fucking genius. And Seinfeld was not the show about nothing. Seinfeld was the show about everything. I saw that. It's true. Of course. And, of course, the opposite episode, which I pimp the shit out of, is this thing that helps people like Einstein's theory of insanity. If you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, you're fucking nuts. That's insanity, yeah. Yeah, you're nuts. Yeah. And we all are. We're all just a matter of degrees of nuts. Oh, for sure. Anyway, so I, I use that all the time. It's like, okay, so if you're doing this and you hate what's happening in your life, don't do it. Do the opposite of whatever the fuck you're doing. Take your instincts and throw them out the window. Yeah. And do what is not instinctual to you, which makes you stop and think, which we totally don't reevaluate. do. reevaluate. Yeah. Stop. Contemplate what's happening in your life. Think about it. Be the fucking scientist. Do the experiment. If that doesn't work, what's going to work? You control the whole goddamn thing. I love that. Yeah. It's you. You're yeah. doing it. No one, unless you're a starving kid swatting flies off you in a distended stomach in Africa because you can't eat, that you do not have a choice over. You are being oppressed. You. Well, yeah. But most of humanity is not oppressed like that and can make a different choice. And it yeah. really, it's coming down to discernment. What are the choices you're making based on the information you have? Which most of it's shitty, of course. And so, and that's my whole thing is I feel sorry for people because if you don't know, you just don't know that you can do that. But that's their whole thing. But they don't know because we're not teaching people how to be human beings, in my opinion. Everything, sure. of course, is in my opinion, by the way. Well, yeah, of course. That. I know. I'm just, I just think that um, that is what people's purpose is is to figure out how to be a human being. But you, but we do not come with a fucking instruction manual. No, that's honey. why it's a whole thing. That's why that's what your whole life is supposed to I be. I know, but if we're all here together, we're supposed to be actually helping each other so we can all know what we don't know and then we don't have to suffer. Well, it'd be nice if we helped each other, but... We but we're know. not instinctively... We're <laughs> no, not we instinctively to inspired to go find out for ourselves. I don't think it's part of our thing. If you are worrying about money every day and your kids and your mm -hmm. job and this and that... Frankly, it doesn't. There's not a, an entrance point for that shit to happen, which is why I you need to is. teach in school what it is to be a fucking human being, so you can have. Listen, most of our lives have a, a certain level of predictability. We're not taught about the predictability, like expectation leads to disappointment. We don't know these fundamentals, and this is part of what I talk about. The fundamental needs need to be met. That means educationally too. We need to be fucking trained. Well, that definitely needs improvement. So, if we were trained better, the outcome, of course, obviously yes, would, would be, be better. much better. Yes, it is as simple as that. Even Plato, they all knew that. They all knew that education and exercise were the two most important things for a human being. Mm -hmm. Exercise your brain and your heart, and exercise your body. But all the shit that we're teaching our children now, and my children are suffering too, and bored mm -hmm. and fucking hated, is we're not teaching them how to be philosophers, how to think and be curious. Even my son, who's 13, says to me, Daddy, we need to teach people how to think, not what to think. 
Yes. Oh, these kids. Oh, man. They will self-govern. We won't need government. We won't need any of this shit. And everybody will be relatively happy. That's the whole point of higher education. It's to be primary, not higher. Oh, of course. Primary education. My big beef is that, like, we have all this information about how kids learn and what we need to be doing for them. And for the most part, our public school systems are just, like, not implementing any of that. It's not that we don't know that kids aren't supposed to sit down in a chair for six hours in a row. They don't want to do that. No No normal kid wants to be doing that. No. That's not natural for kids. No. But got a whole fucking outside. They're already buried in their digital bullshit. Take them outside. Let's let them move around if they need to move around. Yes, how about a walk in the park and talking about fucking whatever? Kids aren't supposed to just be sedentary. And that's why they're killing themselves. They're becoming drug addicts. They're addicted to digital technology. They're addicted to entertainment media. They're addicted to other things because they're so disgusted by the Their energy is all diverted. Well, yeah. yeah, Too much. Well, there's too much stupid shit and not enough creative opportunity for them. Yeah. There's too much regimented, institutionalized craziness going on and not enough, hey, what do you want to do? We haven't changed things or they haven't changed things. Well, they is us. Air quotes, sure. Because they're training a workforce. No, I, I They're not it. really I know. interested in helping I kids know. learn know. know how to think. That's not really... I mean, it's up to us. Go plant some fucking asparagus in your Sacrifice backyard. Sacrifice and life and death. Take yeah. them to the children of the dump in Mexico. There you go. There you go. Take with me to fucking Thailand so I can see a family of five on a concrete floor in a little shack outside, all smiling. Yeah. With their dog, eating food that they pick and grow and cook, and and they got fucking nothing, some little shitty TV in the back. Yeah. But they were all happy. Yeah. Yeah. All happy. That's something I did notice in Thailand. Oh, good. That's nice to hear. That's good. Was the sweet, sweet nature of these people. Yeah. Coming back to Ashland was like a punch in the fucking face. Yeah, I would think so. I couldn't believe how loud and obnoxious and horrible, really horrible, for two weeks. I feel that way every time I come back to the Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Well, I grew up super, super poor, and I suffered for it a bit. It does, there's negative aspects of it that I still have with me, but for the most part... I feel like it's made me a stronger, more appreciative person because I have more than I could have ever imagined. I'm a rich person right. to me. Right, of course. You know, and of course I'm just like lower middle class as far as society is yeah, concerned. but that has no relativity to the actual value of your But experience. to me, right. I have more than I of ever course. thought. I own my home. I own my own vehicle. Yeah. I make enough money to pay my bills. Right. You know, I have a college degree. I'm the first person in my family to have a college degree. Right. Like, I'm like, wow. Like, I'm amazed. Yeah. Not, you know, just that I, that I'm not, I'm not struggling. I'm not scraping for food or. You just have like a beautiful, uh, reasonable life. Uh, tell me about your childhood though. What was your dad's dizzle? What was he doing? He owned his own business. He's an upholsterer. An upholster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he worked all the time and then he had like double bills because he had his shop. So you have right. two electric, you know, because you have the shop electric and our house electric sure. and, the, and the shop water and the house water and the shop phone and the home phone. But he made enough money to where we basically fell through the cracks, right? Uh, available for any assistance. And so we just like didn't have food. What do you mean you couldn't get assistance? Well, we couldn't get food stamps or anything because my dad made too much money, which wasn't enough for us. I mean, and I mean, our rent was 360 bucks a month. We lived in the trailer that literally had wheels on it and it had a house built onto it. Mm -hmm. And our hallway was where like the trailer and the house connected. And so there was like bugs were, you could see daylight through it. Like it wasn't insulated concrete floors and just a wood stove was our only form of heat. Yeah, brothers and sisters? Just a little sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What, what was your mom doing? 
she was home with us for the most part. Yeah. She stayed at home mom, and then she had a lot of mental illness issues mm. when I was about 12. Mm. And so, like, I just kind of took over and took care of my sister and my whole family. Cooked dinner every night, cleaned the house all the time. How old are you? Now? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> or then. Well, now. Uh, I'll be 35 this year. Yeah, okay. How old yeah. is your sister? She's 26. She here? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. What's she doing? She's, uh, like, a lab assistant in a pharmacy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So she survived the whole... She survived. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. She's Are your parents still around? Yeah. They're still together. Oh, really? Yeah. How long have they been married? 35 years. Wow. Yeah. Right, because you're 35. Yeah. Well, yeah. my mom well, was pregnant I... when they got married. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Is that why they got married? Um, That's why they got married then, but... Well, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Versus But now. they were... Yeah. But yeah. they were in love. They wanted to be married. Yeah. 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 And they're yeah, still in sweet. love with each other? It seems like it. I don't really understand their relationship, but... What do you I mean? just kind of gave up on trying to understand it. Well, do, they, just... do they seem happy? Yeah, they okay. do. Yeah. Which um, that's what that's what I. Well, don't it's all weird. These relationships. Ah, are that's fucking, why I don't understand so it. <laughs> like, but yeah, you... I've broken up with my girlfriend in Thailand like four times in the past month. So, oh, I... <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. I just it's... don't. But that's okay. I don't... No, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she keeps coming back. And she showed me this thing yesterday. It's so beautiful. Actually, you know, I dated three girls in Thailand. Yeah. It was spectacular. The, it was the antithesis experience of my living here. Oh. Before I left, I had no relations with women for three years. No sex, no girlfriends, nothing. Yeah. It was actually brilliant. I didn't have any stress. Yeah. Other it than is being nice. a dad. No drama, yeah. Um, but then I go to Thailand, and I'm like fucking Johnny Depp when I get off the plane. Yeah. <laughs> fat, Jewish, balding, 55-year-old piece of shit looks really good to these ladies yeah uh, yeah their men suck oh really they well yeah this is a cyclical thing their mothers raise irresponsible useless men okay they put all the responsibility on the girls yeah to do all the work uh-huh. and the boys just get to do nothing so they grow up to be alcoholics and they grow up to be non-productive citizens and don't know how to treat a woman yeah so the self-esteem of the female population is pretty low and so they feel very valueless and they're very insecure and super jealous like jealousy is a huge thing wow and it's why i broke up with the first girl is uh-huh. because it was just too off the charts well when you are such a hot ticket item over there i would think that might create issues i broke up with two girls it was pretty devastating for them yeah well yeah because I was the fucking white knight. Yeah. And uh, I'll do things sexually. Like, the men just fuck their women and go. What in the yeah, hell? It's, yeah, the, most of them have never had their vaginas worked with a mouth before. Seriously, they didn't even know what that meant. That makes and most me of them were, cry. Well, most of them were afraid for me to do that because they'd never had it done before. <laughs> oh, that's going to cry. It's Stop. true. And so I, I got to be. <laughs> my heart is breaking. Well, I got to be this really sweet. I know. Guy. Like, oh my gosh. And so they became a little attached well, to me. Oh shit, yeah. So I felt kind of bad. Although I, I felt bad at the same time, it's like, you got to experience what is possible. But then again, I'm leaving and you're stuck with all this shit. And now you're probably going to be alone for the rest of your life. Really, honestly. Do you feel really bad about that? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, there has to be some guilt. Well, yeah, but I can't carry that because, you know what? I'm living in the moment. uh... (laughs) Yeah, but fuck that shit. No, no, I don't mean that. (laughs) No, I know. I have the same thing. I'm, you know, shit, I've broken hearts. I feel like, well. Speaking of which, do you think I'll be towed for being parked at the Wells Fargo parking lot? Maybe. Really? Should I go move my car? 
I'm glad it wasn't towed. That would have really Me sucked. too. I've never been towed, and I park illegally all the time, so. Parking karma, at least. Yeah, I own this town. And I always do, like, the Jedi mind trick. What's that? <laughs> well, um, I don't know. It worked in Portland. I was parked somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, and this guy was yelling at me about it that was, like, parking an enforcement or something. And I was like, I'm not parked here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was just getting in my car and driving away, and he was like, what, you can't park here? And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not parked here. I don't I'm, know what your problem is. Wow. But, like, get out of the way, because I'm leaving right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. You took it that far? I just, I'm like, listen, I'm not parked here, so you need to leave. Wow. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. He's just looking at me like, is this you, real? You convinced him. He, he could go I'm nowhere. I'm so, yeah. I'm wow. so dedicated. Okay. <laughs> I'm just wow. like, I'm the queen. Get out of my way. I'm done being here. So queen. <laughs> when are you getting married? Uh, Probably in the next two years. Oh, okay. That's... I mean, I think just, uh, yeah. You know what marriage is based on, don't you? Ownership. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I know a lot of people that, you know, refuse to get married for that reason. Or uh, one of my friends, he, him and his wife, they combined their last names. Like, they made a new name. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah, because they didn't want to do that whole Ah, thing. But they want to be, they're like, we are the same people now. Wow. That's really kind of a cool, creative way of uniting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Never heard of anybody doing that before. Me neither. <laughs> I was like, we were so pussy whipped when he You know, like, I want to know, what were their last names individually? Do you uh, remember? Yeah, yeah. Hers was, um, I, is like Italian, so something like Morelli or uh-huh. something, or Morella or something like uh-huh. that, right? And, uh, and his was Kolsch. So they changed it to Corella. Oh. See, that's smart. <laughs> and it sounds like a normal it's cool. name. You would never know. Now, is that legal for them? Meaning, yeah. like, on their passports and shit? Yeah. It's say it, the it, new was, last name? it was a big pain in the ass. It took a lot of time wow. and it cost a lot of money, probably like 600 bucks or something. That's... You know, and just all these bullshit, ticky tacky court fees because right. he's like, you know, they, they don't, the judge, and st- they have to, like, do it, but like they don't really do it. like it. <laughs> They have to it's do it. It's part of their job, right? Yeah, but they just like, he said they just they don't like, they don't really like people making up their own names. You know why? Because they didn't <laughs> fucking think of doing it. Probably That's not. Why. Yeah, it's, it's so just, cool. It's just out of, it's, you know. It's not norm. Because. I never changed mine before either when I was married because I didn't really like his last name. My name didn't sound good with his last name. And I, my, I was a, I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. Right. I have a, you know, I have a byline. I'm a published author. So right. I have my name's out there and changing it just like is weird, you know, well, and then you, What are you going to so, start all over again? People don't even know who you are. That's stupid. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm Mandy Valencia, Mandy right. motherfucking Valencia. Right. How, how, how could I be anybody else? Is, is motherfucking, was that given to your parents? Yes. M-M-B. Yeah, exactly. M-M-F-B. F-B. That's nice. I like that. Mandy motherfucking Valencia. So we did. We, we interviewed Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, we did. <laughs> in Medford at the, what theater was that? Um, the Criterion. Yeah. Doug, Doug was Doug thought it, it. He said it was insane. But he's a big fan. He's great. Yeah. I never actually paid a whole lot of attention to Weird Al until I did that interview. You know, oh, I, I did? I grew I, up I with know. him. Well, I knew. Yeah, Dr. You Demento. Really, yeah. So that's why I had to ask you to come help me. Totally. Plus, you had all the gear and can run it. So it was. I thought it was great. I don't really I love remember. It. Okay. Okay. I don't know. He's funny, you know, because I was kind of a f- intimidated because um, he'll throw you a curveball. I yeah. mean, you know, because he, yeah, he'll just a joke. Well, you know, well, he's he'll just a kook. like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, and I, you know, yeah, yeah. But he was pretty normal. I mean, he, he was so nice. Yeah, he was super yeah, sweet and just like a cool guy. I'm really sorry I didn't see the show. He's I mean, around. The cha- he comes back. Let me tell you. I see him anytime. I know, but what are the chances? I mean, I, I saw Snoop. 
Snoop Dogg at the fucking Armory. That's really Did cool. you go to that show? No, I really Oh my God. That's dude. like on my bucket list. Dude, that was like, are you kidding me? Snoop, I took my son when yeah. he was 10. Well, I was under the impression it was his new persona. Oh, that's why I didn't want to go. Snoop Lion. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to go. So I did some research. <laughs> I thought, oh, I'll take Sam. It's going to be kind of this reggae, family-friendly, reasonable show. No. I'm walking to the co-op the day of the concert, and I see his bus out there. And it's a profile of him with a big plume of smoke coming out of his mouth. I go, yeah. that doesn't look like Snoop Lion. So we're waiting in line. Was that what the Snoop Lion thing was supposed to be? Like a new, no. different thing? Yes, that was his... He, decide- he, stopped, he decided not to do that, though, right? Or something? No, no, no. He was still I don't think do- he's doing that anymore. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, I follow him on Instagram. I'm pretty sure he does. I know, but he probably realized, yeah, that's not me. It's just, didn't, yeah. Don't no, know it's not him. He was, try- he was faking something. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. He was trying to appeal to a different uh, demographic, and it, was, it's, it wasn't right. Yeah. So, anyway, so I see that, and I go, oh, well, maybe he, that's just his bus thing. <laughs> so, oh, they didn't get a chance to rewrap it in time. Exactly. So <laughs> Sam and I are standing in line for like two hours, and, you know, um, there's people smoking weed everywhere. For and sure. I told Sam, I said, by the way, that's not cigarettes. Yes. That's marijuana, so it, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's safer than cigarettes. Well, it is. So, <laughs> I know, it's fine. Don't worry so about it. So we get in. It's not a very good showing for fucking Snoop Dogg. Well, because of the lion thing. Shit, if I didn't go. Well, guess what? It hmm. was not Snoop Lion. This was fucking Murder Was the Case. Old school fucking yeah! Snoop Dogg, dude. That's good. I think I did see video from that on like people's phones. It stuff. was so yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I was literally three feet from him with my son right in front of me. Oh, man. And he had the big bling fucking microphone all jeweled out that said Snoop on it. He had a, a guy in a, in a dog suit with a giant dick, like a fucking three foot dick. <laughs> And it was an incredible show. Uh, halfway, that's awesome. Halfway through so the jealous. show, halfway through the show, you could tell that they turned up the sound. His sound was nice. immaculate. Fucking it better be. And so I told Sam, I said, anytime you feel we need to go, we can go. We'll yeah. just go. And right after he turned up the sound, like within about 10 minutes, and it sounded so good. It made me want to cry. It sounded so beautiful, wow. so strong and clean and fucking rich and so snoop. And then my son said, can, can we go? And I go, yeah, no problem. We can go. Oh, you're such a good daddy. But uh-huh. they threw us a CD. Yeah? So we got a CD from yeah. the show. And I saw Snoop, dude, in fucking Ashland, Oregon. That's wonderful. It was ridiculous. Have you seen his show on YouTube? I watched a little bit of it. Yes, I it's did. It's so funny. It's so funny. I always smoke to that and laugh. These are what he <laughs> Just him having guests on and interviewing them all baked. You know, by the way, you and I, of course, have smoked a lot of weed together. Yeah. And and I did, I, I, I've been, you know, because this is only my second show, I did smoke like a couple hours ago, but I took a shower and ate, fucking put in eye drops. and. Well, I smoked on the way here, so. Oh, perfect. <laughs> High five. Okay. Very good. All right. But that's how so I, I roll. Fine. That's, all that's I'm how I roll. <laughs> this is my life. Well, I had to think about this as like, I could do this show high. Nobody would really know. Well, that's what I was like, should I? And then I'm like, my whole life I do high, so I, I, it all survives. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> I thought the same thing, and I thought, and I'm looking for more funny, and typically my my mind is a little faster with when the funny high? when I'm high. Oh, yeah, because oh. I don't get in the way at all. I just go with the fucking comedy download, and typically <laughs> speaking, I'm given the jewel. That's why I feel like you and I were always up late just laughing. We did a lot talking. of that. Did yeah. we watch Seinfeld together? We did for in your sure. Place, and didn't Curb, we? your enthusiasm. Did we watch Curb together too? Oh, yeah, for sure. Fuck. 
For sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. You fun. would have been the good. perfect wife for me. <laughs> we could have had a happy life We probably would have hated each other. Yeah, we would have hated each other. It's like, really, you again? Can, can you just leave? What's your sign again? Scorpio. Oh, yeah, I don't even know anything about that, so probably not good. <laughs> what are you? Virgo. Yeah, I don't know anything about that either. See, there you go. I don't See, even know anything we, about we don't ever... Here's what I do know. is In Kabbalah, it is said, you know, Kabbalah. Ish. Yeah. It is said that... <laughs> If you too closely resemble your zodiac description, it means you're not growing, which I oh, thought was sure. pretty fascinating. Like, if you're that stereotypical and predictable, it means you're not being. What's well, any... when Jack Jerry tried to date himself? Right. <laughs> you can't exactly. Date you someone can't. exactly like you. I hate myself. Yeah. That's why he couldn't do yeah. it. He goes. <laughs> <I hate myself. laughs> that was with Janine Garofalo. Yes. I saw her at the Criterion. Really? Last year. No kidding. And she did was, a stand-up she show? She did. <gasps> she was so Oh my good. God, I can't believe I did not fucking know about that. And it was not really... There, it was a pretty empty theater. It was kind of a bummer. I was, oh my God. I was embarrassed. Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't know but I didn't go. she gave it. She's a professional. She and she did her set, and it was totally on point. And she did longer. I think it was only supposed to be like an hour show. She went like an hour and a half. I love and her. I, you know, I gave her lots of love. She's the so, audience. She's so <laughs> she is. I was really. I mean, I always was like a fan, but um, I, I wasn't. Su- I was. I'm like more of a fan of her in like movies I've seen sure. her in, and I wasn't super familiar with her stand up. So of course it was like all fresh and new to Which me. Which is great. Yeah. So oh it was hitting so hard, and she totally went there with the politics a little bit, right. and it was hilarious. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I was like, I'm like even like a super fan now. Have you ever seen Sarah Silverman live? No, but I'm a crazy fan of hers. When I lived in San Francisco, I saw her at uh, the Cobb Theater. I was, yeah. I was almost as close as I am to you right now. Oh, do you love her, though, so she's much? She's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I love her so much. I think much. she's one of the funniest women alive Me, ever. too. Literally. I really do. And I, her show that she had on TV, I loved it. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Sarah Silverman show? Yeah. yeah of it was so fucking bananas. She's hilarious. I just die. She is. I'm like, yes. She is the is ultimate comedian. Life. Yeah, yeah. And she's just being her. I know. It's fucking great. God, she's so great. Yeah. She's so great. Do you watch Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? Yes. I was going to ask you if you did. Yeah, of course. Come on. Okay. It's well, scary, yeah, I hope so. Sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's so great. I love it. It's the the be- one with the president is probably my favorite. It was Obama. pretty good. They were in the Oval Office. Yeah. And I think Jerry picked up like a, an apple out of the bowl and started tossing it. And the president said, where do you think you are? I know. Seinfeld was just in Portland like last weekend. I heard. My friend saw him six months ago. He said it was a brilliant show. Larry and Jerry have totally changed my life. You know I'm Jewish, right? Yeah, okay, done. So, have eyeballs. And you know that what? I said I have eyeballs. Yeah, right. Really? <laughs> I look Jewish? What looks Jewish about me? Your nose. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you're asking. No, I am. <laughs> I always want to know what's the Semitic quality. No, I, yeah, that totally. I have. I'm curious too. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, you know, Jews take up like less than one percent of the world. Is Literally, that the case? Less than one percent. Wow. You know, and so I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, of course. Yeah. And Curb, and they're both Jewish. Yeah. And make no bones about their fucking being Jewish at all. It's, no. It's so great. It's, yeah. But what's amazing to me is being part of this teeny tiny population of the world, they wrote those shows for me. Yeah, for your people. That's well, right. there you go. That that's a really essential culture. That's what the whole thing of it. That's yes. the whole I mean, point there's things it. I could be sitting with my my roommate uh, uh Ben and I'd say, "You don't even know what the fuck they just said." <laughs> I said they wrote that for me, not for you. 
I said, these are Jews. These are my, this is my family here. It's FUBU. Are you familiar yeah. with FUBU? Yeah, of course. That's FUBU, baby! Yeah, it is. <laughs> Tell the audience what FUBU is. It's a gang term for yeah. for us, by us. That's right. <laughs> yeah. FUBU Jew. That's what they call Fubu me. FUBU Jew. That's right. Well, that's how I feel about a lot of Hispanic comedians or, you know, some of these books. What's your heritage? Um, Mexican and Native American. Oh. Yeah, so, and also, yeah, like I say, when I see, like, Native American movies written by natives and actually that have natives in it, they're very few and far between, but they're so refreshing, like, they just, when you see it, you're like, yes, this is my cult, this is for me, this is my people, these are our jokes, you know? This is what's funny to us. Right. This is how, what we, how right. we see the world. This That's is, inclusion. That yeah, is not exclusion. Totally, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, have you ever heard of Toastmasters? Yeah. Isn't that uh, a public speaking... I, get, I didn't know what it was, and I was at the paper, and I was like, the hell is this? I was asking my editor, and he's like, some people, Mandy, are not like you, <laughs> and they have a hard time talking in public or right? like saying things. It's supposed I'm to be like, the hardest thing in the world, you know. What? Public speaking. <laughs> like confused right so funny but no, yeah, no. it is true and then i had to take a public speaking class as like a requirement in school and um yeah they said like 70 percent of people would rather die than speak in public and i'm yeah. like it's, what it's a Who huge deal what's going on yeah there's a so much fear around that vulnerability of being available and confident enough in just your being to just talk to people a group of people i've had a lot of practice yeah, me too. And I mean, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I'm like, give me the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been a little chicken. I'll speak for all these people. I know you will. You actually, and you have because you're a journalist. Yeah. So you do speak for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never had really the balls to get on stage kind of thing. Music-wise, no problem. Well, there you go. But not for like the mics in my hand and the, and the, the spotlight's on me. It's a little wonky at first, but then you're like, oh, I think I, get I would it. get used to it. Yeah, you do. If I like prepared enough material to actually get up and do it. But this is yeah, a nice. Yeah, this this is a nice chicken shit way for me. Oh, to I do love it. that. I know this is so much more comfortable, and yeah. it's just you and me, and it's yeah, really I, cool. Yeah, I'm not Mark Marin. No, I'm you not are Mark. Yeah, yeah, but I'm spells his name with a C. Oh wait, oh yeah, it does. Yeah. Do you ever listen to the Joe Rogan podcast? It's my favorite one. Is it? Okay, I'll it's check good. it out. It's good. I, I become kind of a podcast guy now because me too. Well, I'm in the car. I listen to him at work because I can, I do listen to audiobooks at work, but you know with audiobooks. Um, oftentimes there's like a plot you kind of have to follow and I'm not always paying super great You're attention. You're Well, I'm, I'm working. I'm yeah, actually yeah. working while yeah. I'm like listening. So I like listening to podcasts because I don't really have to follow. Right. If I miss, you know, Whatever. a few minutes of something. It's not changing though. I get, you know, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just kind of following along the conversation right. and learning really cool stuff right. or whatever. So yeah. Cool. Well, send me your good ones. I will. I love that you came. I'm so happy that you are my number two. Hey, thanks so much again for uh, being here with me uh, because you're with me even if you're not with me you're with me I feel you man I totally feel you we are so undeniably connected I mean fuck we're standing on the same piece of real estate all of us so we are undeniably connected and that's all there is to it so take that and this other shit that I'm talking about and let's see if we can do this a little bit better because it's totally doable man it's doable. All right. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. Fucking love this new track. It's so good. I am.
I'm Citizen 44.